Blog Talk Radio. I, Joseph Robinette Biden Jr., do solemnly swear that I will faithfully execute the office of President of the United States. Will, to the best of my ability, preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States. So help me God. Coming at you from New Orleans, Louisiana, to join the conversation. It's area code 914-803-4131. That's area code 914-803-4131. If you're listening live during the broadcast, you can also sign in for a free blogtalkradio.com account. Join us in the chat room and in the show page, or the episode page on blogtalkradio.com slash liberalband. And you can leave your comments, questions, et cetera, there if you don't feel like calling in. And if you're listening after the live broadcast, you can leave your comments, questions, concerns, et cetera, on the show thread at liberalband.com, at facebook.com, slash liberalband, or at liberalband radio on Twitter. Uh, of course, you can always support the show by, uh, by becoming a liberalband radio Patreon. Uh, Patreon.liberalband.com will bring you there. Or if you can't afford to support the show in a regular amount, you can also go ahead and just subscribe to the YouTube channel, uh, Liberal Dan Radio on YouTube or youtube.liberaldan.com. You can also find me on TikTok, Liberal Dan Radio on TikTok as well. Uh, but first, uh, this week's headlines. Yesterday was 420, making, it national, making today National Surprise Drug Testing Day. If you're clean, make sure to pee for a friend. But make sure you're not pregnant because that could be awkward. In COVID-19 news, the U.S. has surpassed 200 million COVID shots in 100 days, destroying the administration's initial goal of 100 million shots in 100 days. In entertainment news, fans have gotten their wish, and at least for a week, LeVar Burton will be hosting Jeopardy. Uh, maybe it will be long-term. Uh, if he takes a look, it's in a book. I've got to see Jordy. I want to see Jordy be uh, the host full-time of Jeopardy. That would be awesome. Republican Congresswoman Lauren Boebert criticized Maxine Waters for supposedly trying to incite a riot, wondering what could could come of this. Speaking of Congresswoman Boebert. This week's Hypocrite of the Week is Republican and QAnon believer Lauren Boebert, who said in a tweet that adding more Supreme Court justices was political terrorism. Apparently, live-tweeting the location of the Speaker of the House during an armed invasion of the Capitol building isn't terrorism, but adding seats to the Supreme Court that is legally allowable by the United States Constitution is. To see who next week's Hypocrite of the Week will be, tune into Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left? That's right. Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Central on Blog Talk Radio slash Liberal Dan. 
And there you have it. If it sounded a little bit different this week, that's because we had the first Liberal Day Patreon, X Demonox, uh, from the world according to Knox. He decided to record one for me, and I was like, this is so good. We're going to make it this week's Hypocrite of the Week because, you know, I'm all, for, I'm all about uh, fans contributing to the show, and that was a great contribution. So there you go. Um, in bigotry news, Florida tried to pass a law that would allow student athletes to be inspected to check to make sure they were not trans women participating in women's sports. No news on if Matt Gates had any input on these so-called inspections. Fortunately, after a threat that no NCAA championship games would be played in Florida if the law passed, it died in the Senate. And of course, this week's big news was the conviction on all three counts of Derek Chauvin for the murder of George Floyd. And clearly that will be a vast majority of the topics of conversation for the day. And in the chat currently, we do have bringing a boy back for another week. Thank you for joining us with the show again today. Now, I would love to read for the viewers what your thoughts are on this, because bringing a boy in previous chats over previous weeks uh, has stated firmly that he believes that uh, Derek Chauvin would be acquitted, that he would be found not guilty of the crimes that he committed, and that he would uh, walk after this trial. So clearly that did not happen. Now, what did I expect? I, I appreciated the fact that the people in who were the prosecution of this case, that they were, they were going to not just swing for the fences and try and get the murder to conviction, but give the jury other options to be able to say, okay, well, if it's not murder two, then it's murder three or it's manslaughter. So to be able to give them enough places where it's like, okay, we don't believe that it, that we we obviously know that he did it. We obviously know that he that he was the one kneeling on the neck. Now, defense theories aside, because we'll, we'll go into the defense theories a little bit as well. But the defense theory was that you know it was other things that caused him to die, like. Uh, enlarged heart or drugs or what have you now but he wouldn't have died specifically that in in that particular nine minutes and 30 something seconds had Chauvin not had his neck on his neck he goes nope you nailed your side one big time all three counts the trifecta the hat trick if you will that's what bringing a boy, you said, he didn't say the hat trick. I said the hat trick, but, um, and here's the thing. It's like the argument that if we were to believe the argument that you should be able to kill somebody, if they're going to die anyway, uh, that would, that would then mean that in this country, that nobody would have any problems with euthanasia, that nobody would have any problems with physician assisted suicide under the guise well, this person is going to die anyway. Let them die in peace. We don't, we don't even have that in this country. So the, that's one of the reasons that I think that the defense argument of, well, he would have died anyway was absurd because, or he was, or that other things contributed to the death. Like if, if someone's in the hospital and they're like, look, just please suffocate me because I don't want to live any longer. 
I suffocated the person. I'd still be charged with murder because they, I couldn't then use as a defense, well, they had cancer or, well, they had emphysema. Well, they were going to, they, they were already on, you know, or they were already going to die anyway. So why not just help them along? No, that, that's not allowed. So, th- so that, that is not a, a good legal theory. Um, oh, Demonox is also in the chat. Finally, let me log in. Demonox missed the playing of the Hipker of the Week with Bobert that he voiced. So uh, let's see. There's no sides in human rights. Decency started to win. And that's a very important point that Demonox says. Decency started to win because this is not a victory. This is not a, a win in that this is, you know, this is the end point. This is the very, very beginning. And even with that, even with it being the very, very beginning, we still, again, as, as I titled the show, two steps forward, two steps back. Because on the same day that we got a guilty, a guilty verdict, in all, and, and let's go back to the guilty verdict for a second, because I did want to say that I, I did not think, I, I was, I, my pessimistic side was thinking to myself, he's going to get off because this is the American criminal justice system and we allow cops to get off. You know, people are, are, are sometimes not like, or many times, I should say, not likely to vote to a jury to convict a police officer because of, well, all the what ifs that, that people try and raise as, as to police officers doing their jobs, you know, enforcing, you know, speeding tickets and taking money from people, whatever. Um, but the, the thing is that, no, the pessimist in me was like, he's going to get off. He's, he's going to walk away. He's going, this is going to be terrible for our country. The realist, the, the other side of me was like, well, you know, the, the, I didn't see how they logically, reasonably, as to say, to me, 12 reasonable jurors should have convicted at least something, if not everything. But in my, in my conversations with friends about this and other chats, whatever, about the trial that was going on, I was like, yeah, you should be able to, a a jury full of reasonable people should convict on this case. However, if you show me a random 12 people and ask me, is there one unreasonable person in this group? I'd say there's probably at least three unreasonable people in this group. If you give me 12 people, I would get get at least 25% are unreasonable. So there's that. So that was my concern. But Obviously, I felt that he was guilty of murder. Obviously, I supported the, his being convicted of murder. And fortunately, the, the, the laying out the case and making it impossible for, for any reasonable doubt to come into play, that only, the, as the defense referred to it as, fanciful doubt was being suggested. And that's one of the things, like, they're trying to bring up, oh, well, the car was running and his head might have been close enough to the exhaust so that he might have had elevated levels of carbon monoxide but they didn't show any evidence that he had elevated levels of carbon monoxide and um one thing i did forget to bring up last week about the trial was i was we were watching the trial and i was watching part of it i haven't gotten to watch the whole thing but i was watching part of it and they were discussing the issue of the carbon monoxide poisoning and the the uh, the lawyer, the, the prosecution, I think, goes, are you a mechanic? 
And he goes, no. And I so wanted the person being interviewed to be like, my father's a mechanic, his brothers, his two brothers are mechanics, or my uncle's a mechanic, my three brothers are mechanics. So, and you've worked in your shop. Yeah, as a mechanic, you know, my cousin Vinny. And then there was another potential my cousin. I want to make this video where, like, have the prosecution as you're a mechanic and have Mona Lisa Vito go and give her spiel and then come in later on and then have the uh, the prosecution go, the, uh, the judge is going to have to allow it, have to do that, and then flip back to the judge in this case when he denied the prosecution the ability to bring up the apparently the new carbon monoxide testing that came, took place um, and showed that there were not elevated levels of carbon monoxide in George Floyd's lungs. But in order for you, for the defense to bring up the potential of carbon monoxide poisoning, it's easy to be, they haven't established, they haven't provided any evidence that there was elevated levels of carbon monoxide poisoning in the system. Therefore, it's one of those fanciful uh, doubts that would be brought up, just as everything else, you know, that they, they tried to bring up to try and make any one person doubt, because that's all. That's the only thing you needed one person to have enough doubt to be like, nope, I can't vote to convict. But you had twelve jurors; they convicted on all three counts. Let's see. You can't say outside pressure didn't have any influence on the verdict. Says bringing a boy. I disagree. You can absolutely. You you would have to prove like you would have to go and get like the jury transcription. And, and, or whatever. I don't, I don't know if they have a transcript of the jury. You would need to have jury members coming forward saying, um, we did take into account the threat of violence if we did not acquit, or if we did, if we acquitted, if we did not convict. Um, I don't, I don't believe, I don't, I wasn't sure. The, the, the idea of whether or not they should have been sequestered or not is, is a whole topic. They were sequestered during deliberations. Maybe they should have been sequestered a little before, but. You know, they weren't supposed to be watching the news on these issues, but, uh, you know, even I, I would like to believe that I could have sat on that jury and that I would have been able to give a, a, a limit my, limit my, whatchamacallit, to uh, limit, limit my decision to only those facts presented in the case. And I would, I would have, I would have allowed myself to do that. Now, can many people do that? I don't know, but. That's the one thing that the jury needs to need would need to do is the jury in order for their verdict to stick. If, they, if those twelve people believe that he was guilty, and he was that they would have to be sure to be like, look, we're not taking this is nothing to do with the potential threats that people might riot. This is everything to do with the facts of the case. Um, I'm kind of reminded of one of the the, the Michael Jackson um, jurors. When Michael Jackson was was on trial for molesting the, this one particular child, and everybody knew the jokes, everybody knew the, the the fact that Michael Jackson was alleged to have molested a lot of children, and those jurors in that case came out and they acquitted Michael Jackson of molesting that person, and what that jury said was. At least one of the one of the people who represented the jury was said this. We are convinced and are absolutely one hundred percent sure that Michael Jackson has molested children, but we are also one hundred percent sure that he did not molest 
this child, therefore we are not convicting him. We are acquitting him of the charges that were uh, for this particular case. So no, bringing a bully. I do not believe that outside pressure would have to, had to have any influence on the verdict, the right thing. And in that case with Michael Jackson, those jurors could have said, well, he, uh, he may not have molested this person, but he is a child molester, so this is our opportunity to punish him. No, those jurors did the right thing, and they said, we are only going to look at the facts of this case to make this determination. So I have no reason to believe that the jurors in the Chauvin murder trial looked at anything else other than the facts of the Chauvin murder trial. Let's see, if one person was to vote not guilty, that person would be responsible for burning cities mayhem. That's not necessarily the case. No, um, it, it's the overall system that would have been responsible uh, for burning cities and mayhem. Um, and the guy, yes, the guy getting away with murder, as Demonox says in the chat, would have been responsible. Um, okay, whatever. People would be at fault for destruction to all the blue states. Uh, okay, I don't know what the what the fascination is with the blue states here. It, it's um, Demonox blue red doesn't matter. Cops are dirty in every state. Every state has blue and red areas. That's true. Every state does have blue and red areas. And even cops in Chicago all the time. Let's see. I haven't read the entirety of the comments. Has Chicago been brought up yet by uh, Bring a Boy? No, it has not. Uh, but yeah, typically conservatives would be like, hey, what about Chicago? Chicago is liberal and no police department described. Policing needs to be gutted and rebuilt. I'm not saying no police. I'm, and I'm not saying that every police officer is garbage. I'm not saying that. Other people do. And I understand the argument of the people who do say all of them are garbage because of the fact that every single police officer has taken an oath to support a service to support the system. And that system is corrupt and broken and racist. So I can understand that there are people who would be like, just screw them all. I, we need to, and look, I also, I believe we need to start from the ground up. Like they did this in Camden where they basically forced every single person to reapply for their own job. Everything needs to be looked at with a fine tooth coming. Everything needs to be looked at here. We need, we need to do a much better job of training police, we need to do a much, much better job of educating about, you know, escalation of use of force. Uh, we need to do a much better, better job of making sure that the people that are hired are not racist a-holes. And, or have, not, without, make sure they don't have connection to, um, you know, white supremacists and other terrible groups. We need to make sure that this is... You know, maybe this is something that was actually part of a TV show, but it relates to uh, the Corona Nazario case on this TV show that I watch called The Rookie with Nathan Fillion. And the reason I watch it because I love Nathan Fillion. He's awesome. Um, there was a character on there who was a new rookie who was previously serving in the military and was having a very difficult time going from looking at the people that they're dealing with as the enemy to looking at the people as fellow citizens. And it was and it was, you had another officer in the show who was also former military who was trying to make this person his project. Like, I'm going to, 
I'm going to help you get from where you currently are because I know where you currently are to where you where you need to be in order to be able to serve the public. And the show kind of works to you know it shows you know that there are bad people comes and it tries to show that there are good people who are serving and trying to trying to do the right thing and and they do maybe a couple last episodes they got a little heavy handed with some of the uh, you know this is the politics that we want you to understand and I appreciated the politics that they're trying to teach. But sometimes a little heavy-handed. But I, I related back to the Coronazario case that we discussed last week on the podcast, which was that, um, which was that, uh, you know, the person who was fired, the older police officer in that altercation, the one, you know, who pepper sprayed Lieutenant Nazario, uh, he was also former military. And he seemed to, and, and there are a lot of police officers that are former military, and it seems very clear that they are tr- that a lot of those officers are treating people as if they are the enemy and not that they're not fellow citizens that they need to be served. Um, so let's go back into the chat and see what's going on. Um, the judge would have been. Of an, the judge would have not. Bringing Boy says the judge would have been at fault for allowing the verdict if, the, if should have been not guilty. No, that's not true. Um, there are I know of people that have had cases where it was only a bench verdict, but that's because the people opted out of their right to a jury trial. Look, the the defense in this case had a very low bar. Had a very low bar. They just had to convict convince one person. But there was enough doubt on all of the charges to to hang the jury. Just one. They couldn't even do that. That shows how weak the case was. That shows how strong the prosecution's case was. Um, let's see. Yeah, so Demonox says, I don't believe the judge can decide anything but the same. I think the judge can discard the jury ruling for a bench in, in extreme circumstances. Um, but I don't think they could do it after the jury makes this decision. I think before the jury, before the jury renders a decision, I believe the judge can uh, make a, make a ruling, especially if the person waives the right to the jury trial in the middle of it. Dan is reading the comments, say pizza. Pizza! Um, let's see, bring a point. If morality still existed here in America, then the trial would have been a mess trial. I don't understand why you believe that, what, what that statement even means. What does morality, if morality existed in this country, uh, if, if morality existed in this country, then we wouldn't have police officers who felt it was a good idea to lean on somebody's neck for nine minutes and 29 seconds. Um this verdict was a moral verdict, in my opinion. It was probably the, one of the most moral verdicts in a case involving an accused police officer that we've had forever. Um, of course, especially a white police officer, because they had no problem convicting another person in the same area uh, who was a, uh, was it Noor? His last name was Noor, N-O-R. I believe he was convicted of killing a, a nice little white woman. That was the problem, I guess, because it wasn't a white cop. Um, if morality still existed in America, there wouldn't be a trial because the guy who said these points of violence against him would still have been allowed to be a cop. That's a very good point by Demodox. This person has had many examples of uh, 
problematic. He is a problematic cop. Um, start our government. Start, what, do what, I don't know what you said, but to start our government, start over. Um, in 1994, both Red and Vu for mass, voted for mass incarceration and expedited the problem. Yes, and the reason we've talked about that on the podcast before, the rest of the brought up um, that got behind this bill because it contained a lot of things that were good, but it also contained a lot of things that, in hindsight, were bad. Um, unfortunately, the problem is, is that a lot of the people, like a lot of the mayors of you know cities that have large black populations, were like, "Pass this bill. We need to be tough on crime," because that was back when tough on crime was was what everybody believed was how you needed to treat crime. And instead of being a little more uh, thinking outside the box and maybe thinking more with your head and not with a, not with the long arm of the law, so to speak. Um, anyway, but we do have a surprise this week. I'm only going to take one commercial break and I'll take it at, at the, in the kind of the middle of the show, but we do have a surprise this week. I did not do a words of redneck wisdom this week. The reason why I did not do a words of redneck wisdom was because we have a treat. Because not only did Demonox bring us one hypocrite of the week, he made us two. This week's hypocrite of the week goes to Second Amendment gun advocates who say that guns are not an unreasonable form of self-defense. Yet are saying that of course 16-year-old Makia Bryant was killed by the police when she called them while in fear for her life because she was holding a knife. I guess it's only reasonable to defend yourself if you're white. To see who next week's Hypocrite of the Week will be, tune into Liberal Dan Radio, Talk from the Left, that's right, Wednesday nights at 8 p.m. on blogtalkradio.com slash liberaldan. Now, it doesn't quite have the ending there that 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 I do, but it, it, it's good enough. I like it. <laughs> I love it. I, I was trying to wonder if, if uh, Demonox, if, uh, if this would be considered like if you doing hypocrites of the week for liberal day and radio would be like fan fiction or does it actually count as not fan fiction and canon because i've included it in it because i've played it in the show um that's something to think about uh, so, anyway, but anyway, so on the same day that um george floyd and i just realized i forgot that i was going to do something i forgot i was going to cut up the commercial breaks so I'm gonna, we're only going to have one this week because i forgot to cut them up um let's see on the same day that Derek Chauvin was convicted of murder, Makia Bryant was killed by a cop. So what's the circumstances of this, of what was how we're going? She called the cops. Cops, she, she's saying that there's a fight going on. Apparently she then got involved with the fight uh, and she had a knife in her hand. I finally was able to see a screenshot of her holding the knife in her hand and I'll believe that the knife was there. Um, I don't know if it was, you know, some, maybe somebody photoshopped it in. I don't know. I believe for the second, for the sake of argument that the knife was there in her hand as she was fighting with the other people that she called the cops on because she felt the need as a, imagine being a black woman in this country, a black, young black woman, a young black teen in this country and being so afraid of what's going on with what's around you that you have to resort to calling the cops because what, you know, because the bad actions by police officers make it less and less likely that, that black people are going to trust police officers to do the right thing. And this just adds to the pile 
of things that make black people less likely to be able to trust the police officer. And if you can't trust the police officers, how are they going to be effective? How? How are they going to be effective uh, in doing what, you, what they're supposed to be doing? And not necessarily, I mean, they're effective in killing black people, apparently. That, that's clear. Now, I brought up a Rittenhouse, Kyle Rittenhouse. I brought him up on the show description, the episode description today. Um, and Kyle Rittenhouse, these conservatives are bending over backwards to defend Kyle Rittenhouse for defending other people, even though I have a YouTube video where I clearly point out all of the places. Again, I've said this before and I'll say it again. The state of was it Wisconsin? Several check a list of check boxes that you can check off that would justify use of deadly force in in that state. And if you check off one of them, you then can be found to be not guilty because you were doing an act of self-defense. Kyle Rittenhouse didn't check off a single one of those check boxes. Every single one, he failed. Every single test of self-defense, he failed. Which is probably why I think I think he's currently on the run. I don't think he's current. I think he's, there's currently a warrant out for his arrest. Um, I, I don't know if he's completely considered a skip bail, but he's not doing what he's supposed to do. But he wasn't even defending himself at first. He was there with his gun, supposedly defending other people. He's not allowed to do it for many reasons, but he was. That's what, that was his claimed defense. Now he will be a, there, there will be apologists that are made for him and his actions and his shooting somebody in the head. And then police roll up. He has this big old rifle hanging off of his body and nothing. nothing no, nobody runs up on him. Nobody shoots him. Nobody does anything from the police. Micaiah Bryant, on the other hand, she's defending her own life. That's what I'm assuming, because she called the cops on the people. And so she's then now having to defend herself from the people while the cops take their time to get there. And guess what? They shot her. So that also blows out the entire theory that people have about being a so-called good guy with a gun. That if you have a situation and, you know, instead of calling the cops, you know, or while while you're waiting for the cops to show up, the good guy with the gun can deal with the bad guys with the guns. That's a great fictional idea. And maybe it's happened. (laughs) Maybe it has happened. But what we've seen is, especially if the person is black, if if police roll up to a scene where there's somebody who's a shooter, let's say, they roll up and they see a black guy with a gun and there's a shooter. What are these police going to do? Are they going to do assess the situation and make sure that the person who was is with the gun is, is a good person with a gun or are they just going to fire? I mean, somebody called the cops on Tamir Rice. He was a good kid in a park with a fake gun. They didn't assess the situation. They just rolled up, plow, murdered him and got away with it. John Crawford's in a Walmart playing with a, BB gun or whatever. 
They never gave him any warnings or any opportunities to comply. Police officer rolls up, boom, dead, murdered by a cop. But got away with it because we live in a racist society with a system of justice that fails black people repeatedly. Let's see, Demodox. Rittenhouse legally can't defend himself because self-defense can be used while committing a crime. That is correct. Uh, that was in my video. It was committing multiple crimes. Possession of a legal firearm. Correct. Crossing a state line with a legal firearm. Correct. He was also violating curfew. Um, however, if I was Rittenhouse's lawyers uh, in that position, I would say um, that because the police officers were giving these people like water bottles and food and snacks, you know, and thanking them for being there, um, that would probably then say that the police officers were giving them tacit permission to go ahead and and be there and violate the curfew. So there's there's that. So if I was Rittenhouse's attorney, that's, I'm not an attorney, so maybe I'm wrong, but I would probably be able to convince a jury uh, to not convict me for violating curfew if the police officers think, are thanking me for being there and giving me snacks for being there. So, um, see, Kyle is the unsung here. Oh, he laid his violence. <laughs> Kyle is not the unsung hero. He is, he is, he's nobody's hero. And not in the way that Rush the things about nobody's hero. Um, he doesn't cure the wasting disease, uh, solves great mysteries, not the handsome actor in the actor's role hero. I miss Rush. I miss being able to go to Rush concerts, not just because of COVID, but because Neil Peart died. So I'm not, never going to be able to see Rush in concert again. Sad. Anyway, let's go ahead and take our first commercial break. Um, we'll come back. We'll also then play the Just Money Minute. I think what I'll probably end up doing is putting the Just Money Minute in one of the commercial blocks. That's making it easier. Um, but come back. We'll continue on uh, discussing uh, these issues and more. Uh, so come back, 914-803-4131. That's 914-803-4131. This is Liberal Band Radio. Talk from the left. That's right. gone mad. One progressive will do a bad movie trailer guy impression to get you to listen to his show. There's only one thing that I like better than the Liberal Dan Radio minicast. Alright, Bill, that's enough of that. On the Liberal Dan Radio minicast, you will hear an honest discussion of the day's issues with some personal bits in between. You might even hear what the other side has to say. Sometimes even in their own voices. So become one of the Liberal Dan family. Because family means no one gets left behind or forgotten. To hear those bad impressions and more, tune into the Liberal Day and Radio minicast. Talk from the left, that's right. And I think to myself, what a wonderful show. Mm, yeah. Greetings. This is Nimbus Josh host of the Percy Podcast. What is the Percy Podcast? <laughs> well, it's pretty much the smoothest talking host you'll ever hear in your life talking about all kinds of things. Political things, nerdy things, fun things, not so fun things. 
Go ahead, give a listen. And follow at the Percy Podcast for more updates and information. Why not sit back and take a listen to one of the best podcasts you'll ever hear and no one else will. (laughs) Catch you on the tune. If you enjoy Liberal Dan Radio, there's many ways that you can support the show. You can subscribe to the YouTube channel. You can like me on Facebook or follow me on Twitter or TikTok. And you can become a Liberal Dan Patreon. For as little as $3 a month, you can get a shout-out. Higher levels get the opportunity to vote on what I do next on the podcast, the minicast, or on YouTube. You can even buy commercial advertising or sponsor bits. So go to patreon.liberaldan.com and support the show today. Are you planning a trip to Disney soon? Do you want help avoiding spending mistakes and making the most of your vacation? Then check out budgeteers.com, a new site devoted to helping you get the most mouse for your money. What kinds of tickets should you get? Is the dining plan a good deal for you? Should you stay on grounds or not? Should you buy park hoppers? Many other sites are filled with information about what other people like to do. But Budget Ears is geared to help you make the best decision for you. So check out BudgetEars.com or go to YouTube.com slash BudgetEars and help make your trip the best it can be. BudgetEars.com is not a travel agency and it is not affiliated with the Disney Corporation or any of its holdings. Do you want to set money aside for a rainy day? Do you want to open an account that will give you a savings bonus each month? What if I told you that you can get both and have a chance to win $10 million? Yada is an FDIC-insured bank, and when you go to yada.liberaldan.com, open an account, and make your first deposit, you will get 100 entries into the next weekly drawing. You will also get entries each week you have a balance. So go to yada.liberaldan.com. That's Y-O-T-T-A dot LiberalDan.com. Hey there, podcast listeners. This is Demonox, host of The World According to Knox. It's time for Season 2, where I take you on another trip through my world. The world of movies, video games, pop culture, and more. Relate them to the world around you. Don't forget to leave a question for Marscat, and find me on Twitter by the handle xdemonox. That's letter X like X-Men, D-E-M-I-N-O-X. Now enjoy the rest of your podcast. And welcome back to Liberal Dan Radio, Talk from the Left, That's Right. This is your host, Dan Zimmerman, coming at you from New Orleans, Louisiana. To join the conversation, again, it's 914-803-4131, or you can join us, including Bringing a Boy and Demonox in the chat room. Do want to, uh, again, give a shout-out to Demonox. Give a shout-out to my big little brother, the host of the most Nimbus Yosh with the Percy Podcast. Hopefully he will start gaining better lung capacity soon and being able to put out another episode of the Percy Podcast quickly and hopefully with some point soon we'll be able to form Voltron again. Um, that was a great episode. I loved it. Um, also want to give a shout out to Cesar, the other Liberal Day and Radio Patreon. Thank you so much. And if you want to support the show and can afford to do so, please make sure to go to patreon.liberaldan.com. You can support the show that way. Or you can make a one-time payment, a one-time support of the show by buying me a cider. Uh, click the Buy Me a Cider button on LiberalDan.com. Or if you can't afford anything but still want to help a brother out, uh, go to uh, YouTube.LiberalDan.com or bring me to Liberal Dan Radio on YouTube. And 
you can subscribe to that channel as well. Um, also, if you want to go on nerdydan.com, uh, my nerdy stuff is also out there. Uh, I have been doing live reaction videos to the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So there's those out there, some of my gaming footage that I've done, all that sort of fun stuff. But also, let's go ahead and play uh, the Just Money Minute for this week. This is Amber Petrovich, a.k.a. Just Money, talking investing and finance in the Just Money Minute. We are talking about microcaps today, also known as penny stocks. Microcaps have low affordable price tags of less than $5 and a market cap between $50 million and $300 million. Compare that to a large cap company that typically has a market cap of more than $10 billion. The market cap of any company is simply its current share price multiplied by the number of existing shares in the market. Now, here's the thing with microcap stocks. Tempting as their price tag might be, they are risky, volatile, and speculative. Unless you have unlimited free time to track tiny percentage changes on a minute-by-minute basis, I recommend devoting only a small percentage of your portfolio to these guys. While a microcap can have an exciting pop once in a while, most of these stocks will end up worthless. You can find more value exploring small and mid-cap companies that are poised for growth while still keeping a hefty chunk in large caps. This has been the Just Money Minute. Build wealth, fight the wealth gap. And that is Amber Rose Petrovich. You can find her at Amber Rose on Twitter, or you can find her at Just underscore 21 on TikTok, where she puts most of her content. And again, remember, uh, please make your own financial uh, decisions based off of an expert who might be more familiar with your Deminox, Nerdy Dan. We waiting for Dirty Dan. Well, I, well, I have been thinking, I do have um, a sexologist that, I, that I, I did reach out to who was interested in this. I wanted to do uh, Liberal Dan After Dark, where I did an episode of Liberal Dan Radio, but like maybe on a night, a late night or on a weekend where we do discuss more adult-themed topics. Because uh, Liberal Dan Radio is sex positive, but we we get down into the down into the dirty. Uh, maybe I do call it. Maybe I should think at that point calling it Dirty Dan, or maybe not calling it dirty because because maybe calling sexual things dirty is uh, something that might be considered toxic by some. Who knows? But yes, uh, that that is something that I want to do. I want I wanted to have a more. Uh, I could even bring uh, our favorite sexologist, Dimas Yost, the host of the Person Podcast. He is. Uh, well-educated and post about lots of different stuff on Twitter. <laughs> so um, there you go. And you never know, maybe I might have some dark, deep, dark secrets hanging out there. I don't know if I'm going to discuss them on my on my political show, but it could be out there. You never know. Um, one of the things, you know, I did feel that I, I found a bunch of tweets that somebody, a, a Facebook group had shared. And I found these tweets. Uh, they took screenshots of these tweets and ended up explaining it. And I think this is an important thing to hear, especially if you be part of the white, white people to understand not just just understand the lack of trust that black people have with police officers and, and the harassment that gets done by police towards black people just for living and specifically in this case just for driving because I've discussed driving while black on this show before I'm sure I've discussed driving while black sometime at least in the last few weeks, especially with dealing with Lieutenant Nazario and his getting pulled over for his, for the tag that was unable to be seen. So here are some tweets that were uh, from black people. Um, One woman says, my brother Freddie stopped driving a few years ago because police stops were too anxiety inducing. My brother Mark returned his Lexus to the dealer for a different car. 
he told me I keep getting stopped. They don't think this is my car. That in and of itself should be just an example of first that any time that her one brother got stopped by the police, it was just so anxiety inducing that he just had to stop driving altogether. The, the best way to avoid getting being pulled over by a DWB is to not D, not drive. This other person had to felt had to bought a Lexus with his own money, and he and he had to return the Lexus, the car that he wanted for a different car. Because people kept pulling them over because you have a brother in a lax in a Lexus in a Lexus. Next, my brother, another older woman, auntie still rising, kind of wise woman on Twitter, responding to this. My brother drives a Mercedes, and the police pulled up on him as he finished parking his car in front of his home. A friend who also drove a Mercedes and was on the road on a bit on business was pulled over, and they asked you what you were doing with this car. Literally, they're Black people driving expensive cars, and they get pulled over. Why? For no reason other than they are black. This other person, this is why I tinted the windows of every car that I have owned as dark as legally allowed, kept the windows up, kept the music down, no aftermarket body mods, rims, etc. That solves half the problem of being a cop magnet on the road if you're black. So, again, this person might not want to have had tinted windows as dark as legally allowed, but felt that he needed to. This person might have wanted to roll around with his windows down and playing music that this person enjoys. This person might have wanted to improve his car with, with rims or spoilers or any sort of other modification of the car to make it more a, a pronouncement of this is who I am, this is what I enjoy. But he was not allowed to enjoy life. Why? Because he's black, and you can't apparently enjoy life while driving a car while black. You can't have a, even a a not expensive car. This person didn't even say what type of car he drove. He just said that he had to make sure that the car looked as vanilla as possible. No extra stuff. Except for you had to have darker windows. To, but not too dark, because again, if you're too dark, they're going to get pulled over. Uh, worked with a nurse who always wanted a BMW. He bought a used one. And after a series of stops for routine traffic violations, he sold the car and bought a more appropriate car for black for a black male and put appropriate in quotes. The stop cease. So this person wanted a Beamer, could not could not stand owning the Beamer because they kept, he kept getting stopped by the police. Why? Well, you, if you say because he's a bad driver. Well, if the stop ceased after he changed vehicles, no. The answer was he was a black person driving an expensive car. Um, Ange cooking now on Twitter. I'll never forget my brother returning his Porsche after being surrounded by five cop cars, supposedly a bad taillight. The car was new. Again, car was new. I'm not, I don't know if it was just fresh off the lot, but again, I discussed the host of the most Nimbus Yosh from the Percy podcast. Uh, he has gotten pulled over three times while playing the game Ingress while driving through Gretna, Louisiana. Now, the person was in front of him when he pulled him over and then said the reason that he pulled him over was for a broken taillight. But guess what? You can't see the rear taillight if it's broken if you're from the front. So he was driving while black. Another person. I had a nice car once. I got pulled over three times the first week I had it. 
I've only been pulled over seven times in my entire life, including those three times. Now I consciously choose cars based on my likelihood of getting pulled over, regardless of what I could actually afford. There's another individual who has to live his life, not in the way that he wishes to enjoy it, but in, in the way that he feels that he has to operate in order to not get pulled over by racist cops. My daughter inherited my older model Nissan Pathfinder. It is a black SUV. She keeps getting followed and or stopped on her way to work every morning. It's a couple of times cops have been driving the opposite direction and they turn to follow or stop her. She drives to work between 5.30 and 6.30 a.m., depending on her schedule. Uh, so depending on the time of year, it is still dark. She told me yesterday she needs to get a different vehicle because it is raising her anxiety. It is raising my anxiety, too. I pray for her protection every morning. Black children should not have to go through this madness. So, again, you're driving a, a, a black Nissan Pathfinder, but for some reason it's too nice for a black person to own, so the police are going to pull her over because she's driving while a black, driving a nice car while black. She's driving a nice D-A-N-C-W-B. I don't know if you can make it into a word. Um, Let's see. At a Black Lives Matter rally in Jersey Shore, a woman spoke and said how her kids don't visit her because they get pulled over every time. Imagine how much they get pulled over to stop them from visiting their mother. Is that the last one? No. Another one. Both my sons refuse to drive. They won't even learn how to drive because they don't want to deal with this mess. I've been pressuring my teen to learn how to drive. She keeps saying, I don't want to, Mom. When I keep insisting, she she yelled, do you want me to get killed? So here's a teenager who believes that if she learns how to drive, that's all that's going to do is going to make her more likely that she's going to get dead. Get dead by how? Cops. So, and these are just a random collection of, of, of people talking about their experiences. And I'm sure that there's many more out there. Um... Dan, you had asked if a police see a black man with a gun, they're likely to shoot first or stop him. Question. You said they would shoot him first. I say it depends if the city has open carry. That's not necessarily true because there was a video on YouTube where you could, they didn't shoot the guy, but they did, they had open carry in the city. There's two different videos that they filmed. One of them was one of a black guy openly carrying in a place with open carry, and one of them was a white person openly carrying in a place with open carry. The white person was uh, was stopped by the officer. The officer uh, had a conversation, asked for his ID, but they said no. Cordial conversation about rights and constitutionality of open, open carry in the state. The black person was forced to the ground at gunpoint and had to carefully – now, he wasn't shot. Now, he could have been shot, but he was forced to the ground at gunpoint because, again, blackness is seen as a weapon. Black people with guns are seen as being a more of a threat than white people with guns. Um, and here we go again. See, bringing a boy, we predicted you would still bring up the whole 50. What is the deal with you thinking that I flashed 50 to cops? Ooh, maybe. See, and here's the thing. Demonox goes, I just flashed my moves. Saves me 50 bucks. Now, see, Tucker Carlson asked, show why after the George Floyd verdict would ever, would anybody ever choose to be a cop? Clearly the answer is to see Demonox's moves. Let's see. An Obama aide got harassed by cops for breaking into his apartment. I remember that. Um, 
Harvard professor got harassed by Cambridge PD for breaking into his own home, you know, by entering his home. I remember that one, too. Um, I think Obama did call the cop a jackass, and then they had the whole – that was the beer summit, wasn't it? That was the whole thing that whole, that started the whole beer summit thing was, was that. Um, but, again, here's the thing. I just read off an entire list. And there's another – I don't know how much I want to go to Andrew Brown. Andrew Brown is also somebody who was shot today – Apparently, they were serving him a warrant, and something happened. Brown got killed. I wanted to say that he was maybe driving away, and they shot him while driving away. I don't know. I don't have all the details on the death of Andrew Brown. Maybe it's something I'll have to talk about next week on the, on the podcast as we get an update. But, you know, Andrew Brown shot another police altercation. How many, how many, how many people in the past week have been killed by cops? And, and then we're not even talking about, I'm not even talking about the clear cases. Are there clear cases where police officers are justified in killing people? Absolutely. There have been. We can, I can, we can probably find them as well. But there are other clear examples where police have are killing people that they're not supposed to be killing. Or, and even when they're not dead. It's almost, and this is kind of the thing. I, I, I don't want to make this into a situation like, conservatives have done with COVID, where they're like, oh, the death rate's only this, but then there's the other lifelong issues. Well, even if you don't die at the hands of cops, you're still terrorized by the hands of, at the hands of cops. I deleted most of the audio, and I should have kept one of them from last week for the Coronazario, just to re-view when the police officer who pulled over Lieutenant Nazario uh, Lieutenant Nazario says, I'm afraid, and the police officer goes, you should be. I mean, it's not like a Yoda training somebody. No, it's, it's him, this police officer using fear to terrorize the soldier. But here you, you had a list of six, seven, eight, nine. There was ten examples of random people in the, having a discussion about policing in this country simply about the, the their inability to be able to drive the car they want to drive or just learn to drive at all there are people who are opting out of the ability to drive because they are so afraid of the police that they fear for their safety by just getting behind a, a car and driving you can't live in this country as a black person without fear and that, that's the problem, that's one of the problems with policing in this country, which is why, you know, when people talk about defund the police, there are people who do just want to raise it to the ground. There are people, you know, another, it's another one of the things that the show discussed on, on, on the show, The Rookie, um, Jonathan Nolan, the character played by Nathan Fillion, he goes to the, uh, Austin Nolan, is it Jonathan? I know Austin Nolan. He goes... He wants to maybe be a trainer himself. He wants to be somebody who who will, um, as an older cop, he will go and start training people. And in order to do so, he decides to finish getting his. Uh, and so he starts taking night classes. He starts he's taking an ethics class, and the teacher, the ethics teacher, goes along goes along with the ride ride along because she's very in the show <coughs> about defunding the police and wanting to you know. And she was surprised that, you know, these police officers on the show were 
um, supportive of many of the goals of the defund the police movement because, again, there's lots of people who, when they hear defund the police, they say remove all funds from the police. And where most of the people who talk about defunding the police are saying, you know, we need to move funds to other ways to get more bang for their buck, to get better results for the spending of that money, to 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 stop crime before it happens, to to reduce poverty, to give have better health outcomes, mental health problems, things like that. But what's clear, what should be clear, is that policing is just flat out broken in this country. There, there are, there's no national guidelines on use of force. There's, there's people, there's police officers who clearly have no business serving in the departments that they're serving in. And there's, there's no system that's getting in. There's, I think there's one police union that, I forget where, where it was from, but there was one police union the other day that the news was reporting on where they do help to remove bad cops from situations. In most other situations, you have, you have a whole bunch of bad cops. And it's not just the cops doing the bad things. It's not just, you know, the Derek Chauvin's who, you know, kneels on. It's it, it's not just, as I said, as I said very early on in the, when George Floyd was murdered, very early on I said this was that the entire Minneapolis Police Department has to be corrupt. Why? What are the odds that the only four corrupt police officers you have are sitting there? dealing with George Floyd. Because you have the one kneeling on his neck, you have the other two kneeling on the body, and then you have the fourth playing crowd control and uh, lovely. Um, So you have four cops in there and they're not doing anything. And stop this death from happening. And one of the options that the options is those are the only four crimes shows that this is this is a systemic issue. And you have people who you know that all of those four people, either the ones that stood by or basically aided and embedded the murder of Floyd and I I fully anticipate that since George Floyd was found guilty of murder uh, that you're going to potentially see plea deals coming out or whatever from the other three because the other three are going to be like, well, you know, um, let's, let's just skip the trial and, and I'll plead guilty and I'll try and get a lighter sentence because if he got convicted, we're getting convicted too. Um, but you have all of the police officers who stood by and did nothing when Derek Chauvin um, committed all of the other actions that he did that were bad that have been documented uh, throughout his career. Any police officer just said by did nothing and, and didn't seek to punish him. You know, all of the supervisors that, that let him continue to be a police officer. You know, I talk about the, the shooting of Laquan McDonald all the time. The, did the people who, did the cops that came to the scene to deal with the scene, did they go, try and collect the video evidence to try and collect the case against the police officer that shot Laquan McDonald to see if anything was a good shooting. No, the police officers went around to try and collect all the videos from the stores around the place where Laquan McDonald was shot because of the fact that they wanted to make sure that their police, the fellow police officer could be protected. A thin blue line uh, protects far too many bad cops. And that's, and if you have these, just other, if the entire, if the barrel of apples, 
is rotten. You can't just say, well, one or two of them might be okay. No, you have to dump the barrel. You have to get a new barrel. You have to make sure that the apples that you put in that barrel are high quality. Now, maybe one of a couple of the barrels that are the apples in that bad barrel might still be okay people. Okay, apples, maybe you they could then return back into that good barrel that you but you got to dump the barrel. Woo! What what what? Bringing boy you have the old world background being Jewish, team of lawyers with bribe, which is hard, how giving up money is like the... Oh, <laughs> bring it, boy. I mean, come on, man. Come on. I mean, at least if you're going to... And if you're going to say such a Shonda, say such a Shonda. Put the S on it. Put the H on it, I mean. It's Shonda. It's not Sandra. It's Shonda. Sandra's a name. Shonda's the, the, the thing. But and I've found that when Goyim are saying the word Shonda, that they're doing it to be mocking and anti-Semitic. And I know you're not anti-Semitic, boy, right? Even though you, you may have uh, these uh, things that you say every once in a while. Um, that, that, that. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see, blah, 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 top brass, blah, 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 I'll have background. Yeah, you, I was just, that's the, see, that's the thing. Every time a white person says says something offensive and then the person, you know, instead of taking it like, that's funny, they go, you know what, man, maybe you should reconsider your life. I was just joking. I was just joking. I, was, I wasn't being serious. No, <laughs> maybe just don't be as terrible as with that. Maybe... Maybe you know, give, leave me. Let let me make those jokes. Because look, I do make Jewish jokes. I do, and some of them are funny, and some of them are groaners. But you know, and I'm not saying you can't ever make a Jewish joke either. I have to believe you that you're doing it to be funny and not doing it to be anti-Semitic in order for me to be okay with it. And I'm not the arbiter of all the jokes that can be said or not. But I know that there. I have heard non-Jewish people make Jewish jokes and I've laughed my ass off at them because I knew that in their hearts they were doing it to be clever and funny. But I've seen other comments and such like this about me having a team of lawyers and, and me, you know, me about not wanting to give up money, you know, that, 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 that's a little pushing it too far. Um, yeah, Bill Burr. I'm not racist. That's not. Why, oh, that was a terrible Boston accent. I usually can do one, but that was terrible. I'm not even going to try and do it again. Um, there's a there's actually somebody on, on TikTok that does cooking. Like he does these things where he does like crazy like cooking, but he calls things by really weird names. And this guy sounds exactly like like Bill Burr. It's hilarious. But no, I'm not going to try and do another Boston accent because that was embarrassing. I'm embarrassed for myself. Anyway, apparently there's an issue going on, and my kids have locked themselves in a room. But, it, I mean, this is pretty much towards the end of the show anyway. Uh, so uh, unless anybody else has anything to say, I probably will go ahead and call this an end to this week's episode. But, you know, as we've seen, uh, just to kind of sum up, um, you know, we, we went through all of those tweets to show exactly to – show, to show maybe hopefully give some people 
the understanding that that what black people have to go through that as a black like i'm not i'm not going to sit there and i'm not going to say oh i can't buy this car that i enjoy that i would really enjoy having because i'm going to get pulled over for driving it i can't i don't have to do that but black people do that's white privilege folks that that's that's exactly <laughs> next time proper you do a proper boston accent for me is that better proper is that something from from Bastin would say proper. I think I think that one is a little better at least. Sometimes doing a, a an accent from Boston is wicked hard. Anyway, you can't use the hard ah in any Boston. Can't use the hard ah. <laughs> I'm sure there, are, and I'm sure there are many people from Boston who might want to. They might try and say the hard ah, but they might even not say the hard ah. So. <laughs> Packy car, the khakis. Boy, that was a good one, Ann. See, there you go. Um, anyway, so uh, white privilege. I cannot. I I can buy whatever car I want to buy and not have to worry about getting pulled over uh, in it, or not have, not have to be worried about it being harassed by the police officers. There are black people now who don't even want to learn how to drive because they don't want to have to deal with the the altercations that would take place um, for. Uh, driving while black so so that doesn't tell you the problems in this country what white privileges and the fact that we need major police reform in this country to the point where we just need to rebuild it from the ground up i don't know what will but anyway that's the end of this week's episode of liberal dane radio talk from the left that's right we will be back next wednesday for another episode of um fun antics uh, shenanigans and uh, tomfoolery um, trying to keep the boy from not being at the Dominic and me working on my Bastin accent. <laughs> Dude, you're embarrassing myself. Is it? Is am I? Am I, am I embarrassing myself? Or, or I'm sure it's me. It's my hat off. Anyway, until next week. This is Dan Zimmerman with Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left. That's right.